Hi, Spacemakers. This is Sarah Heath and my fabulous co-host, Josie Jimenez. It is good to be with you this week. And um, this is a space. This is a space. This is a podcast about making spaces, both literally and figuratively for folks. Um, It has been a crazy week, friends. When we last left you, last time we talked, people were voting. Mm Mm-hmm. For the next president of the United Mm -hmm. States of America. And uh, then we waited. And then we waited. And then we waited. And then, finally, we're recording this on Sunday. Saturday, they announced it. Our new president is President Joe Biden. President-elect, I should say, is Joe Biden. And our vice president is, I always want to say her name right, it's Kamala, right? Kamala Harris. And she is fantastic as far as being a space maker herself, as someone who is both black and uh, Indian Asian background. And uh, she went to school in Canada. A lot of people don't know that about her. Um, and then she went to college at Howard University, where a bunch of my friends went. And I got to tell you, it was so powerful. Just speech was great. But her speech, seeing someone take up space that is someone like her, the first woman, the first woman of color. It was profound. How are you feeling after such a crazy week? You and I were just talking about how this has just been an exhausting week for us work-wise and then throw this in. Mm-hmm. I am, um, as somebody who grew up saying until high school that I was going to be the president of the United States one day, um, I am overjoyed that there is a woman in the White House, that they will create policy together. And mind you, I don't necessarily agree with both of them on many a thing, right? Um, (laughs) But it's just like all these leaps and bounds forward for women. If you can be vice president, it's not that, it's not that big of a leap to be the motherfucking president. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely that. I, um, I was sharing with you, I like ugly cried when I watched a video of my friend and she went to Howard university. So it's, she's playing just the fight song of Howard and um, just overwhelmed by this idea that someone from their school, um, I mean, it's a great school um, is, you know, the vice president, but I got overwhelmed with the thought that her daughter is going to get to see a female black vice president and madam president, Madam, Madam Vice President, it's a big deal. Um, so it feels like that was heavy. There, there's been a lot of um, just crazy stuff as one candidate asked for a revote and uh, Georgia has been going through a lot. So it's just, there's a lot of heaviness around and people are have been afraid from both sides. And so far it feels a little calmer now. And the season is literally changing here. Um, so like you can hear it's really loud in my apartment right now because my windows are um, not the best. We'll say that. And now we're having weather, which we never have. So it's <laughs> like the season is changing. Things are changing. How are you feeling about all of it, my Joes? Um, seasonal depression is very real. Um, and I always notice because I get super sleepy like a parrot as soon as the sun goes down parrots you put like a blanket over their cage and they immediately fall asleep that's me something i'm learning okay did not Mm -hmm. know that about parrots 
Yep. Uh, that's how you put them to sleep. You just put a blanket over their cage. I've never um, been charged with putting a parrot to sleep. I'll be honest. Yeah. So I'm pretty much exactly like that. The sun goes down. It's dark outside. Time for bed, which is a uh, problematic when it's dark at 5 p.m. Yes. Which only uh, amplifies political uh, anxiety, work things. Like you leave work at five and it's dark outside. What what kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> I know it's it's hard. It's so like the rest of the country experiences a lot of the time. So it's hard. I mean, luckily we don't have snow because otherwise I would. I mean, this is why I live in California, right? Because I yes. don't like I don't like the snow. I don't like weather. <laughs> I do like weather. Um, <laughs> it's true. I do. Um, although I got to admit to you, I don't do gray well at all. And I grew up in a place that's really gray. Um, it's a good thing you're not moving to Seattle anytime soon. I'm not going to be moving to Seattle anytime soon. Other people love it. Glad they love it. Not for me. Mm-mm. All right, friend. I cannot wait to share so yes, we've got that as a space making fun thing. I cannot wait to share this week's episode with people. Um, it's one of my favorite conversations. We've had a lot of great conversations over the last two seasons, but this is maybe my favorite one. Um, and it's uh, Chris Rodriguez, who is a choreographer. He's a pastor. He's a musician. Um, he is someone who does justice work through movement. Uh, he works with corporations to help people learn embodiment. I mean, the stories he shares are incredible. He says one thing, you're going to want to listen to this is the Easter egg. He says one thing that we're turning into a t-shirt because it was so profound. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty cute t-shirt. Pretty, pretty cool looking. Um, I think with Chris having this conversation uh, before, I know a lot of people are probably like, ugh, dancer, ugh, like movement. I don't <laughs> Whereas I'm move. like, dancer, I'm yeah. a dancer. I don't work out. I don't move my body. Um, that is me, friends. So, <laughs> but we had a conversation about how embodiment is not just necessarily about, you know, movement. It's about, you know, the body. Being your body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm excited too, because it, uh. Chris was someone who followed me and uh, was an Instagram friend, we'll say. Um, from the very beginning, from before I had very many followers on the Instagrams, um, he's just been incredibly supportive. And then I started looking at his work and it is inspirational beyond belief. Um, and as we're looking for ways we can heal, not just as individuals, but corporately, um, the idea that he shares um, are they're profound. So I'm excited for that. So friends, check him out on Instagram. Check us out on Instagram at uh, Making Spaces Podcast. We would love for you to leave a comment, follow us. That would be great. We're just growing that atmosphere there. We would love for you to leave us a voicemail. Leave us a review. Uh, this is a podcast that's beginning to grow, but we definitely need your help to get it to the next place. Anything else you want to add before we jump into this great conversation? Uh, y'all get ready for some joy. There's a lot of joy in this one. Yes, there's a lot of joy. Actually, if you want to go to YouTube and just YouTube right now, it's on my site, but YouTube slash uh, Sarah Heath, Rev Sarah Heath, um, <laughs> you will see one of the most joyful humans. Uh, Chris really is. All right. So let's get into it. The body can do amazing, amazing things. So when we talk about this time that we're in, right, of people just finding, like just finding themselves so tense and everything else. Part of that is the time we're in of, yo, racial inequality, like 
um, COVID-19, a nuts presidential election. And that's on top of years of trying to fit into boxes that were never meant for you. That's years of just like literally like holding so much tension that it's literally physiologically changing the shape of your body. That's years of the nervous system just trying to give us signals of like, hey, like something needs to change. Um, and we just have no language to connect with, um, with what our body intuitively is trying to tell us. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Making Spaces podcast, a podcast about making space for people, both literally and figuratively from design or making spaces in your community for other people. So my name is Sarah Heath, and this is my incredible co-host, Josie Jimenez, who is slapping herself awake at 11 a.m. It's fine. I'm a functioning human being. <laughs> She's doing great, everyone. Uh, today, I'm really excited because this is this is one of my internet friends. That sounded creepier, Chris, than I was hoping it would. So um, Chris is uh, Chris Rodriguez is a pastor, but he's also a dancer. And so he does a lot of um, embodiment and dancing and kind of, especially during this time, it has been really neat to see people um, engaging your work through their body. So we always start with a really tough question. Are you ready? I think so. I think so. Okay. Wh where is one of your favorite spaces and then why? Okay. So I thought about this and I have an indoor space and, and an outdoor space. We All will right. accept, right? Josie will accept both. Mm. Can we accept both? Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. <laughs> we take both uh, answers. Go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So indoor space. Um, probably my living room, right? I was thinking about it. Um, so I live in I live a little outside of Oakland, right? Um, I'm not in like a like a super like wealthy neighborhood. It's just like a basic neighborhood. Bunch of As a pastor, like, you're not in a wealthy neighborhood. Weird. I know, right? It's it's kind of kind of crazy. We need to pray about that one, right? Uh, but, but so, you know, you walk in to my house and then you kind of get transported somewhere else because, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm looking at all my books and then behind me, there's a, um, there's, there's artwork from my sister-in-law that she made for my birthday. And it's like all the animals of the different States I lived in and it's like watercolor and it's beautiful. Um, and usually when I'm sitting on the couch, I have a, I have a, um, big old lap dog that's actually not a lap dog a pit bull named mamba right and he, he yeah so we got him we got him the week after uh kobe passed so we had to that was a know, perfect name mamba mentality so he's he's laying behind me on the couch right when i'm sitting on the couch and then my wife is usually next to me just reading or studying and it's just like man I feel like this is this is home. This is this is this is a good a good place to be. So that's my indoor space. Um, Love it. And then my outdoor space. I don't know if you spent much time in the Bay Area, um, but there is a, a beach that I love. Your beach. It's right, it's north of San Francisco, and it sits right underneath Mount Tamalpais. So that's where the um, the Muir Woods are. Right. So. There's this hiking trail over there, and you're hiking along the coast. If you go far enough, you actually get into the forest. So you have beach, you got mountain, you got forest. And that's, for me, that, I mean, 
I've, I've, I've done a lot of good work, um, just kind of in, in myself and on myself there, you know? Um, and I think that place is so special to me because I didn't grow up in nature. I didn't grow up knowing that was a thing. I grew up in inner city, New Jersey. Um, and we called it the concrete jungle, right? So like the environment was, yo, you gotta be inside before the street lights come on. Um, because dangerous things happen out there, right? So it was this whole part of me that I didn't discover until I was in, until I was older. And now it's become just nature in general has become a place where I really um, find my truest self, you know? Uh, wow. I love that. Chris, I just got a little emotional because I my family likes to take road trips from L.A. to San Francisco whenever my family visits for Mexico. For whatever reason, they just <laughs> like to go to San Francisco. Um, and they're not very good travelers, so we'll go down Lombard Street, and then we'll go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Golden Gate Bridge, and that's about it. Yeah. But we always hit up that specific location that you're talking about. We uh, always go there to that beach, that hiking trail, Merwoods, all that little area is like uh, so ingrained in my family history. I don't know. It's just interesting. We need to pause for a moment and recognize that Josie is admitting to hiking. I, yes. own, I own hiking boots. I like to hike. <laughs> <laughs> she but is convinced I, that her husband uh, is trying to take her out into the woods to kill her. So my partner is a tall white man. I'm a average height Mexican woman and he likes to go climb mountains, climb Mount Whitney, you know, backpack through the wilderness because he's a white dude who's uh, ever had to fear anything in his fucking life. And <laughs> I'm over here like, I'll, I'll go on a little hike. I'm also kind of lazy. So I'll go on a little hike, not too much elevation. Oh I've got the boots, but I'm not going to go traverse the wilderness for a week where people could murder me or animals uh, can murder me. I love that. And I can, and I appreciate that so much because if you know, you know, you know, just like, it's just like this unspoken thing. Like, you know, like part of the thing was like the environment was like, yo, you know, you don't go out, something dangerous happened. But then there's this also this thing like, yo, like black people don't do that stuff. Right. I actually did it. You know, like I didn't, I didn't learn. My wife actually had to teach me. Um, her, she grew up in a family, um, grew up in Oklahoma, like her dad led backpacking trips and, um, her brother taught me how to shoot a gun and, you know, just all these things. Like I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. Like her, <laughs> her brother had like this big burly red beard and he goes hunting like all the time with a bow, you know? And so all this stuff, like I had to, I'm like, what in the world is this? this thing, this culture, this is a thing. People do this stuff. Why? Like, why do people do this? And then now I'm the one that people are like, Chris, why do you do that? Right. There's well, an why people do it because they have nothing to fear. So they try to make up these situations. Anyway, so they make up Sarah? situations to be afraid of. <laughs> I know what, go into the den of a bear and then, um, see how close you get to the divine yeah that's probably yep. mm -hmm. actually josie has a lot of like theories on like white male artists creating drama in their lives because she's like they don't have drama to create art from within mm -hmm. so they've mm -hmm. got to make space for drama mm -hmm. so they're the worst <laughs> so that's josie 
Crystal's Don't you exactly love her? what I'm talking about. Let you me knew. You. I, I knew you'd love her. She's great. She informed so, me. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, like, so part of, part of the thing is like, I, like I have always been like the, the, the safe black guy for people. You know, I've always been the black guy that existed in non-black faces. Right. Like, so like, in the dance and fitness world, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley right now. So I'm, you know, I'm around like Silicon Valley people. And when I'm teaching classes and everything, churches, I'm typically in like white evangelical, evangelical churches. I remember, I remember um, doing my internship in college at, um, I was a worship major and I was at this, um, this big Southern Baptist church. I went to college in Tulsa. Um, and it's Easter Sunday and I'm singing and he's like, okay, we got to throw him in there. Um, we're going to do amazing grace. Chris, you're going to sing it and you got to sing it with some soul. All right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, like that, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. Yes, I'm aware of what you want right now. <laughs> so, so I say I say all that to say, like, um, I appreciate people who um, who haven't made their place um, being the person that is the safe person for people in the room. So, yes, I will. I think Josie, yeah. the, her story, though, I think as you speak through this space idea, the reason Josie is the way she is, if I may armchair psychology for a minute, partly is because when she went to a college where she was the safe, you know, uh, Hispanic person that people knew um, and the safe feminist that they knew. And um, for her to, her uh, ability to push people out of their boundary, like they, they're friends first and then she comes at them real hard. But, hard. you know, she starts, <laughs> she starts with like friendship. She has all of these I think people listening to the podcast sometimes are like, wow, you know, she's so tough and strong. I'm like, yeah, but she also has all these friendships outside of people who agree with her. And she's really good at that. So I think there is some sense to where having to be the safe person, um, man, it wears. I can't imagine. Actually, one of the things I've loved is over this time is there's just been so much tension in people's bodies, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as I've been talking to, my black friends, I hate that saying, but um, my friends who are black, um, the conversation is often like, there's tension in my body that I, I've been carrying for a long time, but it's like, I can finally feel, I feel this tension. And I think movement um, has been an incredible way to release it as I've been watching you do that sort of thing. Do you think it, like, what came first for you? Was it movement as a way of expression or kind of how did you get into this dancing as part of it and then because it sounds like you were right. already like on the worship track putting soul into amazing grace <laughs> right 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 well i mean yeah so it's which by it, the way i was so afraid you were going to say he was going to make you sing wade in the water and i was going to be like i can't continue with this no. i'm so ashamed for my uh, like race i just need to like it uh bad no nah, he just he just wanted he just wanted a little ray charles on it you know <laughs> Um, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, is <laughs> anyway, um, so, so, um, so it's, I have this, um, so what came first? So when we talk about like this kind of movement itself, I think of, I think of 
language, right? We are all learning a language. Um, and, you know, Father Roy talks a lot about, you know, we learn, uh, most of us learn our survival dance, but don't learn our sacred dance, right? Mm. Um, so the first Ooh, language I that I, ah, I love it. I love it. When I heard it, I'm like, this is, this is, you're on to something, man. Um, but like, for me, some of the first language I learned was aggression, right? Mm. I had to learn, like, look, don't look them in their eyes. Somebody looks you in your eyes. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you are gonna be, you're gonna act tough, cause that's what that's the that's the dance right now. You gotta survive. Mm. Um, you gotta, you gotta eat or be eaten. That that kind of thing. While all this is happening, and I'm trying to be tough. Like my mom still, um, she's like on every board at church, and you know mm -hmm. she's like a preaching evangelist and she's doing things like so i'm getting dragged to church like i was at church like every day of the week um because we had to go to church and what was happening is i started i started falling in love with just music in general specifically like um that mid 90s hip-hop r&b new york so like biggie and Busta Rhymes and you know Lauren uh, Hill and now yes. like all that stuff. Like that's what I was. I, I fell in love with words first and mm. storytelling. Right. So I started uh, just writing. Um, I started singing and I started um, writing songs and I started writing poetry. Um, and then I tried dance one day. I like just tried. Like I was watching a genuine music video. And he, uh, yeah. I just saw yeah. him two years ago, guys. I, the man is like 55 and still, and still can pony like that slide foot. <laughs> Do you know the slide foot I'm talking about? He puts that yeah, out yeah. on the stage, just the foot and people lost their minds. And then he slid <laughs> his foot in and we were like, we know who that is. That is genuine's <laughs> toe. We know it is genuine's toe. Uh, I Sorry. love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So great. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that that landed somewhere, right? Because man, y'all know who genuine is. Fix yourself. Fix that. <laughs> fix your, I can't fix uh, you. Fix yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Fix yourself. Pray about it. But um, but I just I just tried it, and you know we didn't have dance studios or anything like that. Um, so I just watched music videos. We'd, we'd record over VHSs of like Michael Jackson performances and Usher performances and genuine performances. Like it would be like my mom's evangelist preacher VHS tapes. And me and my cousin, we'd record over them and we'd like watch a Michael Jackson smooth criminal performance. And, and then we'd learn it. And that, and that's how that was, that was, that was how we learned, how we learned how to move. The thing is like, as a kid, you know, you don't put too much thought into that. It's like, I was learning, I was learning a different language. I was learning this language of movement, but I didn't know that. I just was enjoying it. So the more I enjoyed it, the more I put more time, more work into it. Still music, still dance, all that stuff. At somewhere in there, like um, the church thing stuck. Uh, I started, me and my cousin were able to like perform at youth group. We always had to go and we were like, great you know we got the, the cute girls there and everything but then but then they started um letting us dance 
there and do do performances and different things like that and and a different layer was was added like i have learned this language of movement um and a different way of cope and coping and i didn't need to be aggressive anymore as a way to cope but also i had these um these people that were mentoring me um so i was learning this this thing of yo there were elders that give you permission to be yourself right um and it wasn't till i got older um honestly a few years ago before i started connecting the dots and like whoa like i learned a language that has helped me get from Irvington, New Jersey to where I am today, right? Um, therapy was a part of it, right? Like, um, yeah, we, we believe in God and therapists, but I had this moment. So I was, um, one, of, one of the things that I do out here is I teach um, dance and fitness classes at companies. So that's what that's what dancers and fitness instructors do in the Bay Area because you know it's Silicon Valley. Those are the people that hire you. And um, I was I had a contract at Stanford for um, employees. So you and, tell people um, you went to Stanford. I mean, you went there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I went. To no, Stanford. I can tell them I'm a I'm a teacher at Stanford. Yeah, you are. And they say, <laughs> and they say, they say, oh. Oh, you teach? What do you teach? Don't worry about that. You know, are you a professor? Yes. Embodiment. I teach embodiment. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I I, I name drop that as as much as as much as I need to. Uh, But but I had this I had this moment. So, like, I'm doing this dance class and so many different types of um, types of staff came through. Like there was one, um, there was one year I had like some de- some doctors um, who were in the class. Um, there was one year I had one of the grad business teams like in the class. And one day I like meet some of our colleagues and they're like, "Oh, you're the reason why she always comes back um, in a good mood." And I'm like, "What the right?" Like you know. So I'm having these moments, but I had one moment in particular um, with uh, with the student, and she was. She came to Stanford as a fellow um, at the at the design school, and she had done years. Of, her her name's Yasmin. She's like one of she's just one of my good friends now, um, and she spent most of her career in in global health, um, AIDS work in Sudan. Like her, she's accomplished so much. She used to work for the um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, she came back as a fellow. Her daughter is a professor at Stanford, um, CNN um, correspondent, and Emmy winner and author and all this stuff. I mean, same, right? but cool. Right, right, right. <laughs> I know, I know. She's just, uh, I mean, so she comes into my class and she um, she says, hey, I've done a lot of stuff. And I, I need to say this too. She is also an uh, Indian Muslim woman from East London, right? Who is in global health, right? Like, so like all those, all those, like her story is incredible, right? She's, she's an inspiration to me, all this stuff. But she said, Hey, I've done a lot of stuff, but I'm in your class because I want to learn how to connect with my body. Um, 
she, you know, one day maybe she can be uh, on the podcast. But she, um, she, I mean, yeah, incredible story. She, um, she left, she left the life of um, where she was abused or arranged marriage. She took her daughter and said, hey, I want my daughter to have a voice when she was six. And they just went out and she like paved the way for her daughter, right? So she's done all this stuff and she said, hey, but I'm trying to learn how to connect with my body while I'm here. So I'm taking your class for that. And that just sent me down a rabbit hole of like, I think, I think this is not just about dance anymore. So I started having conversations with my therapist. He's like, hey, have you ever read this book, The Body Keeps the Score? Oh. Um, Bessel van der Kolk. And I, and I read it and I took a deep dive down that rabbit hole, um, started reading um, Peter Levine's work, started just reading about somatic body practices and learning as I'm, as I'm, as I'm meeting this woman, as I'm seeing this, as I'm seeing I'm in Silicon Valley teaching these people how to dance who have everything. They're here looking for something else. What is that? And so, yeah, so I started doing just a deep dive into research and, and different things like that. But then I actually just invested into a more generalized movement practice. So I started chewing on yoga and uh, strength work and animal movement and just started just just eating, eating, That's eating. That's crazy. I just learned about this like animal movement. There's a girl on Instagram who's shredded out of her mind because I'm someone who loves fitness, loves dance. And she, mm-hmm. just to, you probably follow her. She's just like, all she, I think she's in Austin. All she does is like. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Out on it. Yeah. It is all functional stuff. movement. It is, it is all yeah. like, how does that get you? But it's like, her point is like, you are actually attaching to what your body primally wants to do when you're lifting a weight, right. you're fighting your body. But when you are using your body in these ways, and there's another guy who's, um, I think he's in I want to say Israel or somewhere like that. Ido Patel. Ido Patel. Yes. Another He's guy. The, so Same one thing. of his students, one of his students is actually in San Francisco. One of his, another one of his students is in Santa Cruz. So that's the, that's the training that I got into. Ido Patel. He's the, I mean, yeah. So he, what he does is he takes the best practices of every type of movement. So contemporary dance, um, jujitsu, capoeira, uh, gymnastics, parkour, strength training, boxing, soccer, like your animal movement. Like you'll be like, we juggle in, in classes. Like we dribble tennis balls. Um, we shadow box. Um, it's just the body can do amazing, amazing thing. Um, and so, so when we talk about um, this time that we're in, right, of people just finding, um, like, just finding themselves so tense and everything else. Part of that is the time we're in of, yo, racial inequality, like, um, COVID-19, a nuts presidential election. Um, and that's on top of years of trying to fit into boxes that were never meant for you. That's years of just like literally like holding so much tension that it's literally physiologically changing the shape of your body. Um, That's years of the nervous system 
um, just trying to give us signals of like, hey, like something needs to change. Um, and we just have no language to connect with, um, with what our body intuitively is trying to tell us. Right. So it, yeah. It's this beautiful I, I like, nerd primal out on this stuff. connection. That's gorgeous. I, one of my, um, stories that I tell all the time because it was nothing less than transformational is I started at two um, taking formal ballet classes like as a tiny child and this will tell you the difference between my brother and I so my brother is an electrical engineer so I was two and Jonathan was four he was an electrical engineer at four just he is smart but he's not that smart and we were doing like dance things and the teacher said um you know my mom took us to dance class because we're Canadians so there wasn't the weird like don't take dudes to class dance class um but yeah, yeah. we were in dance class and the teacher said, act like an elephant. And I just started acting like an elephant and moving. And my brother went, I'm not an elephant. I'm a little boy and sat down. <laughs> he was so confused yes. like, where, you know, his body. And it's so funny because like, what does that say about like, I need to be in this box and do this thing. So when I got to seminary, I did not fit in at all, but I danced from the time I was tiny but I'd like taking breaks and I was a soccer player and being in my body has been something that like struggling with eating disorder, all this sort of like my, my body has been both my biggest enemy and the place I go when I need to release or move. And so right. when I was in graduate school, I, my first week I didn't fit in. I felt like Elle Woods from Legally Blonde, like who the hell let me in? Like this feels yeah. weird. And one of my friends, Halima, who is also an RA, asked me to try out for a dance team. And it's one of my favorite stories because it's like, how do you bait and switch people? She was like, try out for this dance team. You'll be fine. And um, she said, it is undergrads, but you're going to be fine. So I showed up and literally it was an all black dance team. And she was like, it was called Dance yes. Black. How did you not know? And I was like, well, um, I thought like our colors are black and blue at Duke. So I, th I don't know what I thought, <laughs> but I did not yes. think it would be an all black dance team. Yes. Yes. But I learned to cool. move for two years when you were a classically trained ballerina and to yes. learn to move. I mean, there was, there's this great yeah. moment, like my first year, probably six months in, we're doing this dance. And, um, we actually had the, we had, uh, the choreographer who did outcast videos. She was coming to like host oh our dance show, our first dance show, which my parents came to, which by the way, my two itty bitty white parents coming to the Martin Luther King vibe, which is visual interpretations of black expression, which was our show. Yeah. First time I've ever been uh, dancing in yes. a sold out dance show. Um, this is great. It was great. Like so much. So we're like working on this like movement and I just couldn't get it in front of everybody. And it's late at night. And I remember just saying, I'm white. And somebody yelled in the back, she said it. Cause like nobody wanted to address that there has been a white person in the room for like six months. Yes. But for me to be like, guys, I need to learn how to connect with that part of my body. But it was so great to, I learned so much about the importance of being for a person who doesn't even realize they have privilege of being in an uncomfortable space. And dance really was this like leveling ground. It was like doing something with our body, helped us do something with our minds, helped us, you know, mm. um, create this bond, helped us work through some things, helped me work through the stress of grad school, help, help. Yeah. And I think about those years are some of my favorite years. Some of my most embarrassed. I mean, I can't imagine this woman in your class, like, you, you have to let go of embarrassment. You have to learn a language that you're not good at, right? What's the most embarrassing thing about language? 
because you can't don't know how yeah, to do it this oh man gosh so when you tell me that story i feel like that is like the truest one of the truest stories of um this idea of of belonging to the place you're in right like i feel like everything is pushing us to um everything's pushing us to this place of fit do what it takes to fit um and we've gotten to this point where it's like people we're fighting to like people don't people are fighting to say like hey do i matter like right mm. like do black lives matter and then the response is like well what about every other life like do do all lives matter and then the, uh, what, what about like blue lives like do do we matter and it's this thing like culturally like we've been going to like fit 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 and like nobody belongs so you go to a space you go to this group where you don't necessarily fit but you absolutely belong there right mm -hmm. um yeah and i i love exploring exploring that like how can we create um spaces where people actually don't just fit aren't just the same aren't just like engaging in group fit but belong um because there's respect and and curiosity and peace and and those 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 different parts so yeah it's, i love yeah, that story movement i'm telling you like being bad when you have been a trained dancer i mean i used to go to uh the national ballet school of canada and take tests can you imagine taking tests with all french teachers all in french you know bun uh, had to be perfect um uh you know all that and then now i'm like learning to do like body rolls like rolling on the ground which i'm like i'm canadian what? and british we don't <laughs> roll on the ground publicly that's weird but it was beautiful uh, and being terrible at it and being like my body like why is my leg over here and everybody else's leg is over here and just going oh like and yet they would say let's do it again so i tried to do it again you know and i, I mean I, i'm so glad that we didn't have as many ways of like i'm glad my parents couldn't put that on their cell phones at the time because i don't want to see yeah. me trying to do that you know Oh my gosh, talking oh, to you guys okay. about embodiment is so interesting because I am not a dancer in any way, shape, or form. Uh, my parents had us or raised us in a Assemblies of God Pentecostal church, and dancing yeah. is not allowed unless you're jumping through the aisles. You know, like there's no dancing and whatever. Although I did take a hip hop class at church, but it was very stiff. Like it was looking back it's, it was not hip-hop but whatever um <laughs> oh, i really need i need the video footage of that there probably is somewhere there, i know it was oh, it was insane um but i have a different experience with embodiment in the sense that like i've gone through therapy for most of my life i started at age mm, eight seven eight years old going to therapy and trying to wrestle through things. And as I grew older, the more my body rejected 
myself itself um like i went to the physical therapist at one point in college because my back was hurting to like this incredible extent and i wasn't inactive i mean i walked around and i wasn't just stationary like a lot of people um and i went in there and they're like feeling me up like physical therapists do and they're like well first of all your spine is not it's too straight like you don't have a curve in your spine like normal people do um so like it's pushed inward and your rib cage is like propped open because your muscles are pulling on it so much from like this tension um and all of this is causing like your pain and that was like the start of this journey of me having to pay attention to my body and what I'm doing and how my tension is playing out or even like my traps up here are hard as a rock most of the time because they're just so full of tension and luckily I have a partner now who watches YouTube videos on how to massage these things in the best possible way (laughs) but then books like the body keeps the score come out and they talk about trauma and how it all aligns on your body and I had a pretty traumatic childhood um that obviously didn't get worked out in therapy. Um, (laughs) um, But like, and I, I understand like when you say that um, the first thing you learned is aggression, because the first thing I learned was anger, which is like a part of aggression. And so all that anger has always been built up all over my body and trying to repress it and trying to, you know, not have huge temper tantrums that I used to have. Um, And, Oh, shoot. Sorry. And, that this whole embodiment thing you guys talk about dance and you talk about movement and for me it's about just paying attention to like the points in my body where it's all stored and how I can like mindfully try to release all of these little pressure points like these it's like a little instant pot cooker in my body that has to just like slowly the steam needs to come out oh no I I love that I I love that you know one thing that I like I find myself asking people a lot is because um, my one of my other things I do is I'm I'm a life coach. So when I have my one on ones with my with my clients, um, where just somebody's telling me about something distressing, I ask where 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 do you feel that? Like, mm. where's it? You know, I have a um, you know just someone I care about. She. Um, one of her, uh, one of her kids. Uh, I think it's been two years now or a year now. Um, attempted suicide, and um, and you know, thankfully he he realized like as soon as he you know did it, he's like I I don't want to do this, and he went and got help. And I asked her, I'm like, where so. Where do you, where do you feel that? And she said, I, she said, I just feel my heart sink into my stomach. Um, I had another person I asked that she was just kind of like, just kind of in this time and like wanting to do meaningful work, feeling like she's working at a corporate job and, but there's all this stuff happening in, in the world with, um, you know, with racial, uh, racial tension and trauma and all this stuff and I'm like where do you feel she's like man I've just been I've been balling my fist so much that my wrist just aren't like mm. so much pain um like I clenched my jaw so much it's just like my 
my jaw hurts and my neck hurts. And I think, so I just feel like, yeah, what you're saying of just acknowledging it first, like, can we have an awareness, right? Um, sometimes it's not movement that we need. Sometimes it's stillness um, that we need. Sometimes it's being able to sit with like all the, all the parts, all this, all the stuff that's happening. Um, and just acknowledge like, hey, this is what's, this is what's going on. Uh, I love that. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you like, that you, the way that you learned that that was a thing, right? Um, Very clinically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it's uh, a lot of people don't get there. A lot of people don't get there, right? I think religious spaces put walls up too. They like, Mm -hmm. you know, they use verses like, um, my flesh is weak to make sort of a, a kind of a a separation between mind and body that's super unhealthy and actually isn't, Uh, even if you want to talk about scripture and what, what's meant by that, your as if your body is something like my flesh over here, my mind over here, like Paul did a lot of really bad things. One of them is like making this separation between like, as if, yeah. Sarah sits over there and she needs, for me, I think a lot of what my thing is, was I needed to control my body. Like I need to not take up a lot of space, get as small as I can be as small as I can. Um, because I don't uh-huh. want to take up too much space. And I think religious places and settings have policed woman, women's bodies, police, the black body, uh-huh. police, the expression, yeah. Yeah. police the, and we don't, and because that's bad as if a body is bad, and it really misses out on the divine nature of even the body. If we talk about purity culture, whatever it might be, it all gets back to this, uh, like not God, being able yeah. to be in our, you know, my body is a temple. My body right. is, I mean, the language actually is my body is the temple. Like it's not, yeah. you know, a temple. It is, it is where it is all connected. And I think I love this idea of you're helping people name that having an emotion I think for so long we've thought it's all here and, it, right. and it's not like it's in, by the way, I forgot this was a podcast. I just pointed to my head. Um, it's not just in your head. Like it's everywhere. We do post it on YouTube too though. Um, but I think I, I hate how much I think our profession in some ways, Chris has helped people get disembodied. Uh, yeah. And that's been, that's been a really, a really hard challenge to overcome right as i'm this guy that a lot of a lot of the work that i've found and like just kind of in myself has been in eastern style practices because they don't have this disconnect between mind Mm -hmm. and body um their spiritual practices are very embodied right um and you know that's a threat to a lot of people when i bring when i bring that stuff up yeah i've 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 found myself in these weird situations where um it's like it's cool that you do that but don't bring like that philosophy stuff into this because that's like 
It's not well, my parents do. growing yeah. up were like, you cannot do yoga because you are inviting the devil into your brain and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like the church is very anti-Eastern because they're afraid. Well, one, I think they're afraid of what they don't know and we're not used to. But two, I think they're afraid of embodiment. They're afraid of feeling everything through mind, body, and soul. So, I mean, yeah, not to interrupt you. I just think it's funny that my parents are very anti-yoga, even to this day, very anti-yoga. <laughs> uh, it, it's hard, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, even this, even these ideas of, you know, don't you know? Um, like, who am I that you have uh, made me lower than yourself and crowned me with glory and honor? Like, made me in your image and your likeness. Like, the body, and, the body is the temple. This image of God in body form. And, and we miss, we, we have this very, like, whether, I mean, us as evangelicals, we don't have as high a view of the Eucharist, right? We, we do, do it once a month. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But we still only do it once a month, but that's about time. You're welcome. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. How bad is that? Um, I love it. But like, but I have a very high view of the body, right? There's something like this whole thing is cruxed upon this dude that brutally was like murdered and broken. And we do this, this thing where we reflect, remember the broken body of this guy and then and then we're like hey but don't move your body Um, (laughs) don't do anything with your body like jesus did stuff with his body but you don't do anything with yours right um so i just how do we how did how do we have that that disconnect you know our whole tradition is based off of the broken body of of this guy and 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 even when he comes back he has like these scars and these wounds like he doesn't come back with a perfect body he comes back with a still broken wounded body and like we're just and we just we just miss that whole piece of it you know so yeah i wish there was a way to like connect it in worship without it being performative. One of the things that we've got a great uh, person in our community who grew up in a similar setting to Josie, but it was almost the opposite. So Pentecostal with flags and things like that. Yeah. Oh, we had those. Don't mm, oh, we I didn't those? know you, you've never talked That's about the flags. Yeah, man. That's like a Y'all given. <laughs> but isn't that another way of like police? Like this is what it has to look like. This is what it right. is. Or, you know, I, I remember I got to a church that had a liturgical dance team, which even as a person who grew up dancing makes me really uncomfortable because it's like contemporary dance, but it's like muted contemporary dance. And I'm not judging people's like choreography at all. It just makes me giggle because I feel uncomfortable. Right. Um, well, like I have to I leave feel. the room. Well, that's how I feel when I hear like the worship songs that they like just put like a Justin Bieber little thing on mm-hmm. it or back when Mumford was the was the thing or, or Coldplay was the thing I mean I love it but like I love when Mumford Mumford's you know right I, love, right. I like it when Coldplay Coldplay's you know I like it when Bieber Bieber's 
<laughs> so I feel like it's a, like I feel like we do these replicas of again like these replicas of like you know in college uh, I went to uh, obviously a Christian university um, and they had Christian Pilates you know they had to like throw throw some Christian on on it like sprinkle that sauce because you got to <laughs> sell it you you got Christian you gotta, Pilates you gotta, I it was. Taught by Karen. Karen definitely teaches Christian Pilates. <laughs> yeah. I can oh, imagine man. her. She's policing her body. We are pumping our arms. We are like, we right. are like, wearing leggings. Like, you know, and giant t-shirts. <laughs> but I got to tell you, those leggings like, are not see-through. Mm-mm. Um, Double leggings. Have, they're Lulu Row because everyone's selling them at that point. With the tennis um, skirt, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, it's it's like this thing of like, hey, do this thing um, because this is important to have this expression, um, but don't do it too much. It's like it's like, hey, you can have fun, but don't have too much fun. Don't get out of hand with that stuff. You can get <laughs> that body engaged with just enough, just enough. Because if you go past that line, then you're in the flesh. It's just mm. like, what? What and we we've doing? been in the flesh the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> you cannot, like, I can't put my meat suit right. over here and then I can gauge whatever right. I'm doing. Like, she's with right. me everywhere. I love the Hillary McBride's workaround where she refers to her body as she. Um, right. Instead of my the body, my, it's like she um, reminding her that her body is her. Um, and it's this beautiful connection. And I... Man, I'm going to be sitting here thinking about your talking about communion in that way. Um, because it's Eucharist is always, even when I have gone through deconstruction and doubt and like, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm preaching for, but Eucharist always means everything to me always, every time, even last. So last month and t- this week, we'll actually get to do it in person again. We just do, we just do communion in person. And it's like weird. It's these like little individual cups with like <laughs> yeah. a wafer. Yes. I've, I've only ever used those on bedside. It has weird like connection for me because I've only ever used it when I'm doing like last communion for folks or whatever. But to do it with our community, it felt, didn't it feel so holy, Josie? Like, yes, it was like this spiritual high that has not existed in COVID because it, I think it was like a very communal experience. Yeah, it was. I was telling my partner, I was like, this is like feels, this feels sacred right now. I'm running around and working, but it feels sacred, like sacred work. It really does. And I, and it's because I think it's connecting us to something that's already part of us, you know? Um, And I love the work that you're doing to sort of challenge people. And you're not, it's not like you're like teaching people at Stanford and then being like, Oh, and um, I love Jesus. Like it's the weirdest thing. And yet people are connecting to the spirit in you, but the spirit in you isn't like, it's not this um, bait and switch. Like I'm going to like Pilates for Jesus. That's weird. What if we just did Mm -hmm. Pilates as Pilates is supposed to be? 
Right. Well, it's the yeah. idea of like the church and the, the Great Commission or whatever, and then wanting to go to to Africa to help people with their spirituality while completely ignoring their physical needs, never mind that they need food and shelter and in some areas like a vaccine or whatever. Never mind that all of these countries and all over the world, they need our help financially to sustain their economies. Their physical needs don't matter because all they need is Jesus instead of the other right. way around saying, here's what you need. Now, maybe you can, we can talk about just maybe if it's appropriate. Or how do we marry yeah. the fact that you like have all the stuff within you to be able to do these things, but because mm -hmm. of oppressive systems, you've not been able to do it for your own body. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, I think the problem when we put our meat suits away and think, Oh, I've just got to get to a, like this disconnect of mind, body, and soul. Um, I love, I love your work, dude. That's all I'm saying. So, so I've been, I've been, I've been thinking a lot and it's nuts. Like um, it's, it's nuts to be like on the online space, right? Everything we're doing, everything online. I'm not, I'm not really doing, I'm not doing any class in person. They're all virtual, but on this online space, it's just, it's just, and it's like this every election, every time elections come around, it's just horrible and toxic and I just hate myself after <laughs> I'm like why did I just engage in this I had one of those yesterday space? yeah my ribs hurt well yeah so I um so I just like so every morning I spend some I, I take the first hour of my morning just writing and I've been playing around um really writing I, I say like you know a lot of people are saying a lot of things they have a lot of um, a lot of opinions about stuff. They're being dumb. Um, <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and I just want to like give people something of value. I want to build something better. So I'm like, let me start writing down these ideas. And the concept I've been like just kind of playing with is this idea of, you know, society is telling us, rewarding us to live surface shallow lives in, in everything we do um in our relationships and our ideas of success and and our ideas of of ourself um and our ideas of work um but what does it mean to live soulfully to live a life from the depths of you out right um I want I want to hear like when I say that like living soulfully I want to know like what does that like sound like what does that feel like for you I think it to when I hear that and even your hand motions uh from your chest out um is very different than living uh commercially which is what can I bring in mm -hmm. it's kind of like this in it um it's an abandonment of fear. When we are in a soulful, we talked to um, my friend who's an artist the other day and he was talking about how wonder, when you're in a state of wonder, it's because you've given up needing to define the thing. And I think soulful living is the same way where you're not. I love that. Like you're just walking in and, and he said like wonder, when you look at a sunrise or sunset, sunrise or sunset, um, you're not like, I know what this is. This is, unless you're like my friend Science Mike who probably loves the idea of like yeah. the refraction of blah 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 but <laughs> well, think, actually yeah actually what's <laughs> happening is uh, but i think there is this like uh when i hear soulful living 
there's this, um, what hit my mind right away was letting go of fear. Um, mm. Soulful living feels very emboldened. It feels very um, not afraid of being wrong. I don't know. Maybe that's just where I'm at right now, but. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Yeah, no, I love Josie, that. what do you think when you're soulful living? Um, I know a lot of people feel their soul in like their heart area. Um, but for me, it's very much in like my stomach and in my hands. That's where I feel my soul. Mm. Um, and probably because my that. reflection of my soul is doing things and kind of like, it's very tactile. I like to do things for people, with people, about people. Um, and it's also, like you said, like it's like this letting go but for me, it's also not giving a shit. Me living soulfully is not yeah. caring about other people and their opinions and knowing that my heart and my intentions are in the right place. And I'm going to get it wrong, obviously, because we all do, especially me. Um, but that like notion of my parents like not liking that I dance at weddings or I dance in like these funny ways around the house because it helps my back pain or whatever. I'm just like, I'm always moving and they don't like that. Um, but says the girl who claimed earlier that she's not a dancer. Anyway, keep um, going. You can watch me and you can receive for yourself that I am not a dancer. I'm just Lies. a funny person. Um, can you move your body? You're a dancer. Keep going. All right, whatever. Um, so it's that expression of my soul is not caring and pushing forward and then using my hands to do the work. And continuing and pushing past. And yeah, because if you're truly in touch with your soul, then what does whatever other people think matter? I I just love that, like the answers that y'all gave are two totally different ones. And that is the essence of it, right? It's like, uh, yes, there's something that there's something that I know deeply um, that I knew before I knew it. Um, mm. And that comes out, right? I, uh, oh, I that's the, there was something that I know that I knew before I knew it is one of the most incredible theological statements that I think um, my entire career, this whole idea of space making is I want, to remind people of what's already true. Mm. Like mm -hmm. it's not a getting myself right so that I'm like all, and now I can reach the thing. It's like a return, a return to my mm. body, mm -hmm. a return to my belovedness, yes. a return to my divine connection, a return to who I've always already been. And when I'm in that flow, when I feel that, that soulful living is like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, um, if I'm living into that and, and I've done policing other people and myself and my, you know, mm -hmm. there's, we're so afraid of that connection. I think, um, because what if it tells me something that's different than the belonging that I've thought I, and I would say is more fitting, you know, we used mm -hmm. the term earlier fitting versus belonging. And I think a lot of church work is trying to get people to fit because belonging is so hard and vulnerable and so difficult right. to ask people to do. Um, but it's always been true that they've always belonged. Yeah. Right. I think that that knowing and that returning is the voice of God. 
Because I mean, that's always how I've heard the voice. People are like, I heard this word and this is a really long paragraph that God told me. And I was like, I just know what I'm supposed to do. That's all. That's the voice of God to me is I just kind of know that I'm supposed to keep doing it. And that's why I don't give a shit what you think, because the Lord told me. Okay, thank you. I just want one day. I want one day in Josie's head. I just want to walk around being like, yes. Oh, it's insane up in here. Let me tell you. It's a mess. <laughs> um, Chris, you have been absolute joy to talk to you. I have a feeling you're going to be a regular on Making Spaces, but we so. want to. Oh, I'd love it. Um, I want to ask kind of the closing question that we ask, um, hating that this conversation is ending, but um, if there's one tangible way that people can make space for themselves or others, if as you think about this work of movement or however you want to think about it, what is one thing somebody can do that's easy, that doesn't have to be easy, but possible? Hmm. Man, the, the, I've been thinking a lot about this and I think about, I think about the idea of like creating space for others. Um, and the, and what, I guess what came up for me was, do you remember what it was like when you started something new? Um, when you said a joke in a room that just didn't land and they didn't get it. Um, when you had to, when you had to fit into somewhere, it's like, hey, like, you know, look this way, be this way, act this way. Do you remember what that looked like for yourself? Um, how can you make a space for other people and remember what that was like for you to, to, to not belong somewhere? Like how, like anytime somebody, anytime you're thinking about making a space for other people. Anytime you you see somebody that's coming into your world, whatever area of life you're in, like ask yourself, man, what did it feel like to not fit in and to not belong? And do everything you can to make sure that you're not trying to make people fit into a box, um, but that you're just letting them know that, hey, you belong here um, because you are here. Ooh. Period. Uh, I mean, I think about a first dance class and or the first time someone steps into a gym. Mm -hmm. I have a dear friend who joked around about, I went to the gym the other day and everybody else looked done. <laughs> like I was starting and everybody else looked done. Like you're done, go home. <laughs> like, and he said, and I felt so... Like I, I was going in there and proud of myself for going, but that first day, and I said, you're never going to have a first day ever again. And I think mm -hmm. that's the, what does mm -hmm. it look like to remember what it feels like to have a first day, whether that's in a church, whether that's in a dance class, whether that's in a conversation that's difficult and hard. And it's the first time the person's talking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we have to kind of put ourselves in the novice position right and say how can i make this person not feel one level or another that we're just two beings experiencing this together um yeah, yeah. and a quick political note from little josie over here um just the idea of you belong here because you are here this is after election season this episode is going to come out right mm -hmm. yep so um 
I'm just going to say this, no matter who wins, no matter what happens to all of my fellow immigrant community, to everybody that's here. Here I am. Remember, (laughs) you belong here because you are here, no matter what anybody says. And that's what my dad says. So in paraphrasing. I love that. I love it. You belong here. That's going to be a t-shirt and we will give you credit. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's a great t-shirt for making spaces. You belong here because you are here. Stop it. I just want a t-shirt. You're getting first sent to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have goosebumps. This is great. Thank you for listening to the Making Spaces podcast. We would love to hear from you. How can we hear more about you, Chris, your work? Give us your, um, someone gave us their MySpace (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) Can we address that? I have not processed that. (laughs) Give us all of it. And he's not old. I feel like we should visit that MySpace because, yo, He's really standing on his own in this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, you belong. You belong, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, ChrisRodriguezMovement.com. Um, that's where I'll post my blogs. Um, that's where, yeah, that's where you can contact me, see what I'm doing. Um, I would love to connect. I love that. Well, you can find me at Rev Sarah Heath on all things, including RevSarahHeath.com. You can find Josie at Josie Takes the World on Instagram, Josie Takes the on Twitter, and I do have a website, JosieTakesTheWorld.com. But um, you know, it's not. Don't look at it. It's not. It's not done. I actually think it's really good. Um, <laughs> but also, you can find us on Instagram at Making Spaces, and please leave us your voicemails. Um, Anchor.fm/slash Making Spaces. Um, you can catch this podcast on all of you can catch on spotify apple i'm i always say wrong things so i'll just say all those things. are the ones everywhere sure. mm-hmm. all the places um just and think of a place we're That's there fair. except for stitcher i don't know if we're on stitcher we'll work on it um so friends we uh we'll see you next week where we will be saving a space for you bye